you'll take your Bible to the book of Acts, chapter 16, we'll take another feeble attempt at preaching. Just an announcement, Mrs. Grace Jones went to be with the Lord just uh, this afternoon, and if you knew Miss Grace, you know there's shouting in heaven today because of her going home to be with the Lord. The service will be this week sometime. It'll be a graveside service at the Moral Memorial Cemetery over in Arlington, and so we'll try to let you know by internet, hairnet, or some other way. We'll, I'll have my wife or somebody to put it on her, on her Facebook deal for, for our class, and, and if you want to know the arrangements, just call Miss Jamie at the office, and she'll know what they are. And also, I don't know how to make this announcement other than next Sunday night, you ladies, there might be a stray mosquito under that tent, and there might be a loose grass burr somewhere between your car and where you're sitting. So uh, if I was a lady, and I'm not even close, That's the depth of that guy's spirituality to say amen to that. So uh, if I were you ladies, I would dress accordingly. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Now, let's read out of the book and let's see what God has for us tonight. What a great message this morning. On, on salvation and what a uh, time evidently of preparation and so forth and so on. And I enjoyed it immensely and uh, I trust that you did too. Now I'm not going to speak very long tonight. I haven't had anything to eat since lunch so I will need to hurry, hurry about here. Look in your Bible too. Acts 16, if you would please. Brother Andrew made a reference to the text this morning. But that does not scare me or bother me. He could have spent three days in Acts 16. And I still would not come up near to the depth that he would. So we're going to tread on shallow water tonight. Watch this. The Bible says in verse 19, And when her masters saw that the hope of their gains were gone, they caught Paul and Silas and threw them, drew them into the marketplace under the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. Chapter 17 and verse 6, please, for just a moment. And when they found them not, looking for Paul and Silas again, they drew Jason and certain brethren under the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down or come hither also. 
Have you ever heard, all I want to do is just make a little dent in my city? Could I tell you tonight, the God that I serve is not in the dent business. He's in the disturbing business. Everywhere these guys went, there was either a revival or a revolution. In a passive society in which we live, in our comfortable Christianity, what kind of church you think does God need in Joshua, Texas? One that makes a dent or a dramatic disturbance? If the world is wrong side up, then I think we need some folks that's ready to turn the world upside right. If the world's going to hell in a handbasket, I think the Lord needs a church to cry out, Our Redeemer liveth. Nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. I really believe that in the day in which we live, we need some old-fashioned Baptists in some beautiful buildings. Buildings that folks would want to come to. Buildings that would attract worldly folk. Buildings that looks comfortable for comfortable folks. Buildings that are well-groomed outside to match the yards that the folk just left the house in. I think in the day in which we live, we need some old-fashioned Baptist in beautiful buildings. I think in the day in which we live, we need some old-fashioned Baptist preachers with college degrees that knows of what they speak, able to defend their gospel and their doctrine and stand, and able to give an answer for the hope that lieth within them. I think we need the kind of Baptist church that turns a city right side up. I think we need uh, some old-fashioned Baptist members who are not ashamed of the Baptist faith their grandmother used to embrace. We don't need any of these fancy, modern, contemporary, change-it-like-you-want-it situation. I just believe we need some old-fashioned Baptist members, bless your heart, that's ready to shake up a city for Christ. We might need some Baptists to know how to smile. You say, I'm hurting. Make me feel sorry for you. Wait till you're 77. If you think you're hurt now, you'll really hurt soon. But you still ought to be able to muster a smile on your face. You say, why? Because it would encourage me. And I need some encouragement at my age. I think we need some old-fashioned Baptist church members that enjoy going to church again. I think we need some old-fashioned Baptist services that the Holy Spirit of God would move and make us want to move with Him. 
I think, bless your heart, we just become cold, indifferent, and we become aquarium keepers instead of fishers of men. Amen. Can you say amen? I just believe, bless your heart, I've heard that deal, but I'm just not interested, if you please, in making a dent in Joshua. That's why we support right at a hundred missionaries around the world. That's why we send a bus to every city that adjoins Joshua, Texas. And if I could get you off your black sitting, whatever it is, we'd have some more buses running. If I could keep you from making excuses why you ought not to do it, we'd have some more buses running and some more teenagers being saved. And we'd add a thousand yesterday on the buses instead of four or five hundred. And you say, preacher, what's wrong? I just think God needs a kind of people that everywhere they go, they cause revival or revolution. I really believe that with all my heart. You know, the senator spoke Wednesday night, said he had driven in front of our church time and time again and wondered, wondered who pastored that, that, that church. How many folks you think drive by this beautiful building every week that might come if we'd invite them? You know, I just believe that God's men and God's people have always been a, not a dent maker, but a abundance of disturbance. You know, I'd hate to live my life on this earth and leave no legacy. I'd hate to know that all I left was a bunch of kids that hated me and hated God. I'd hate to know that I spent my entire life on this earth never making an impression or an impact and encourage somebody else to Christ. I'd hate to do that. And, you know, I just believe, if you look at verse number 20, the Bible gives these guys testimony. It says about these guys, it says, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. I wonder, does our city even know we're here? I wonder if our city even knows that we're members of the Joshua Baptist Church. There was a time when the, when the postmaster at Joshua called me the big bad wolf. And every time there's a fight down at City Hall or at the school board, they wanted us down there. Does any of you folk remember that? Do you remember voting on the nightclub down here? You remember when they was going to fire the principal? Uh, you remember when they wasn't going to let us have on-ramps out of the back of our church onto the street back here. But when they saw about 300 church members at that board meeting, they decided, let's get Joshua Baptist Church out of here real quick. You say, what are you talking about? I'd hate to be a church in the community nobody could find. Notice, these men do exceedingly trouble our city. They're not fit-inners. They're not get-alongers. They're not voting for the economy. They're voting principle. They're voting Bible. They're voting conviction. They're voting conservative. They're voting for God. 
Notice, if you would please, not only that, the Bible says about this crowd, they had turned the world upside down, even without a telephone or tell a woman. I mean, tell a man. Turn the world upside down. And as I read my Bible, I, I don't find any place in all the Bible that any of God's people was little thinkers. I'm just occupying my space. I've got a class that I never visit for, that I never pray for. I got a class, and we're just going to do our little do what diddy inside of these walls. We're not going to disturb anybody. We're not going to visit anybody. We're not going to upset anybody. We're not. Go- we're just going to make a little dent for God in this place. Aren't you glad I'm preaching tonight? Aren't you glad I didn't preach this morning? You say, yeah, and I'm glad you ain't preaching anymore. I just surveyed my Bible a little bit yesterday, and I just did not find anywhere that the omnipotent creator God who could speak and it become to pass, who could hold up the worlds by the power of his might, who, bless your heart, measured the waters of the world in his hand, in the span of his hand. He who is altogether all-powerful. I just never seen any place where he did anything, listen to me, small. Say, so, well, I want to be a small church, a member of a small spiritual church. Say what? They ain't nothing spiritual that does not reproduce. Small, and God does not even go in the same context. Watch this. When God did something, and when God did anything, it caused a tremendous disturbance. For instance, I take you back, if you would please, to a little tower over yonder in the book of Genesis chapter 11. One great prophetic writer, I'll not call you his name, wrote a book about the Tower of Babel being an observatory. Yeah. I don't know if it was observatory. I don't know what kind it was, but I do know this. When God looked down and saw the Tower of Babel and saw the people that he created disobeying him and saw them getting together and saw this uh, uh, community all coming together, I do know that the Bible says, so the Lord scattered them abroad from hence upon the face of all the earth. When God got tired and wanted to do something, he just did not pick one and put him over here. And one, no, sir, he did a tremendous job and scattered them all over the earth. Now, do you know what got people, what got people in trouble the first time with God? Language. You know what's going to get a lot of people in trouble next time? Tongues. Language. Let's get together. Let's get together. 
Let's forget about doctrine. Let's forget about baptism. Let's forget about salvation. Let's forget about everything. Let's just love people and love God and love poodles and love dogs and love cats. Let's just love everybody and we'll all get together and we'll all speak the same language that we can't understand. We'll just speak it. It got people in trouble with God the first time and it's going to get people in trouble with God the next time. When God does something, it's never just a dent. It's never just a little thing. Get little things out of your life. If you're going to have a family, have a bunch of them. (laughs) Every time God does something, He's a God of great disturbance. I read the other day, about a little place called Sodom. Have you ever read Genesis 19? God didn't send a panty-waist, bloomer-legged preacher down there and say, now, you folks, we want you to know we're going to accept what you do. We just don't want anybody to get in trouble. We just don't want to cause any disturbance. We don't want, we want to be, you know, we want to be uh, correct in all of our enunciation. Now, I'm not saying anything other than, then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and the fire from the Lord from heaven and overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the city. When God did something, it made the news. God doing anything in your life, it's making the news. Well, preacher, you guys are always trying to do something down down Joshua Baptist Church. If you're not having a rodeo, you're having a wrestling match. If you're not building a building, you're buying a farm. Yeah, and you didn't ask me, and yet I won't ask you the next time either. Just so you get that off your mind. But when God does something, He always causes disturbance. Was there a disturbance outside the walls of Jerusalem some 2,000 years ago? Did the earth shake? Did the earth turn black as sackcloth? Did it? Did the temple veil rent from top to bottom? When God does something, it's not just a little dent. He shakes things up, man. These men do exceedingly trouble our city. Why? Those folks who turned the world upside down and come. Wouldn't you like to have that testimony? It's been about 35, 40 years ago. I was called to come to Dayton, Ohio. For a revival meeting to the, Baptist, to the Dayton Baptist Temple. And when I went to a town years ago, I always stopped at the service stations in town just asked if they knew where the church was. You say, what's that got to do with it? If they don't know where the church is, the church is a vast failure. Amen. Every 7-Eleven, every beer joint, Every hoot house and every house in this town ought to know where Joshua Baptist Church is. And they ought to know what Joshua Baptist Church stands for. And just 
as I pulled into Dayton, Ohio, I pulled into the first service station that I could find, I pulled into the pump, and I said, say, young man, could you please tell me where Dayton Baptist Temple is? He said, man, everybody in Dayton, Ohio knows where that place is. If that preacher is not down to the hospital trying to get somebody saved, he's trying to get somebody out of jail or zone the news because somebody don't like what he's preaching. Man, everybody knows where that church is. You helping us get the news out that Joshua Baptist Church is still an old-fashioned Baptist church with beautiful buildings, manicured yards, air-conditioned inside, worldwide television and worldwide radio. Oh, are you getting that news out? You see, when God does something, it makes headlines. Down in Egypt one night, God made headlines. Down in Egypt one night, he just did not kill one baby. Down in Egypt one night, he killed all those that wasn't covered by the blood. That would have made headlines, can you say amen? Yes, sir, they could accuse Moses and Aaron of troubling the city. They could say these guys are the ones who turned Egypt. Oh, dear God, I want to be a member of a church that's willing to turn the world upside down and trouble the city for Christ. If the city is not right, then our church ought to help make it right. If there's a family in Joshua, Johnson County that has not got a Christ's testimony, our buses ought to go by and knock on the door and pick them up. And you and I ought to be with the buses to help them do it. Amen. Well, she said, preacher, I'm glad you don't preach every Wednesday, Sunday night. I was reading today about Jericho. If Joshua had been a member of Joshua Baptist Church, he'd have probably said, well, just knock a hole in the wall. That'll be all right. No, I really don't want to make anybody mad. I don't want to stir anybody up. We don't want all the world, all the wall to go flat. We just want a little hole in it. Uh, If you knock the wall flat, they might demand too much of me. I just remember a fellow by the name of Elijah. The Bible said he prayed. He prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain in the earth. What kind of God are we serving? A dent kind of God? Or a disturbing kind of God? The kind of God can shake up a city and shake it right? Well, amen. Jonah prayed for Nineveh, preached, and 40 days judgment was going to come, and the whole city repented. Could this church affect this city that way? Doing what you're doing? Witnessing like you're witnessing? Crying and praying for sinners like we're crying and praying for sinners. 
Most of us are so self-centered. God ought to take us to the woodshed and spank us. Because we got it so bad. When actually, we got it made in the shade. These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. I'd like to be a member of a church that everybody in town knew where, these, where we stood. That knew our heart was as huge as a watermelon, full of compassion and love for sinners, but have a backbone like a railroad tie, not willing to compromise to please a stinking world that's upside down. Anybody who wants to be a member of an old-fashioned Baptist church with beautiful buildings. Anybody want to be a member of an old-fashioned Baptist church that still believes that the Holy Ghost of God moves in the heart of men and moves men to serve a living God? Anybody want to be a member of an old-fashioned Baptist church? I mean the kind my granny used to go to years ago. And when the Holy Spirit touched her heart, she didn't mind standing up and saying, Praise God! Hallelujah! And all the kids wake up and jump up like toast in a toaster during the preaching service. The old folks are passing on. But these men were labeled by their enemies. I'm going to be done in seven minutes. Is that what time the beans supposed to be done in that crock pot? They done? Well, let's pray. <laughs> we need an old-fashioned Baptist church that likes beans, amen. Is there anybody here? These men were labeled by their enemies now, not by their friends was labeled by their enemies as being, if you please, troublemakers. World turners. Well, I don't want to be with a member of a church that shakes things up. You're in the wrong church. Because we hate sin. And we preach against sin. And we try to be consecrated. We try to yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit of God. And we still believe that church attendance is important three times a week. Now we want them old-fashioned bunch still uses hymn books because we sing about Him. There are books about Him. Can you say amen? Not Shem or not her. They're hymn books. And we're going to preach out of and sing out of hymn books. What made these guys so special? What made Paul and Silas so special? Read about them if you would, please, and you'll find them down by the riverside, witnessing soul winning and winning Lydia and her family to the Lord Jesus. Go with me, if you would, please, to the marketplace in Acts chapter 16, and you see them casting the demon out of this demon-possessed girl. Go with me, if you would, please, to this chapter, and you'll find Paul and Silas at midnight in jail in the hands and stock in the dark, deep part of the prison. And at midnight, they're singing and praying to Jesus. Boy, what a, what a ridiculous two they are. 
They are city troublers, world turners, special men that God has allowed us to look upon tonight. I'd like to leave you just three attributes about them, if it would be all right. Notice, if you would, please, about these men. Now I have five minutes, and I can preach in five minutes. Can you listen in five minutes? Now, if I feel as I go along that you're not listening in five minutes, I'll have to go longer. Can you listen in five minutes? Jesus said you could not wait, you could not pray one hour. Can you listen five minutes? Let me show you what made these guys different. Number one, they were watching. Number two, they were willing. And number three, they were witnessing. What's this? They were watching. What are they watching for? Verse 6. Look in your Bible, chapter 16, verse 6. And the Bible said, Now when they had come throughout Pergamum, and the region of Galatia, and were forbidden by the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, after they come to Mystia, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not, and they passing by Mystia, they came to Troas. Now, verse 9, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night that stood a man of Macedonia praying him saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. They were looking, they were watching for opportunities to serve the Lord. Listen to me again. They were watching for opportunities to serve the Lord. They were looking for sinners that needed a Savior. They would try to go in one area, and God said, Well, don't want you to go there. Okay, then we'll go here. God said, No, don't want you to go there. And then all of a sudden, they saw the vision of the Macedonian calling, Come over hither. Hey, aren't you glad that they went that direction instead of going east? Aren't you glad that God called them into Macedonia, into Philippi, and where the gospel could go to Europe and across the ocean to the eastern seaboard and down to the Bible Belt through Oklahoma and Texas? Aren't you glad that God sent them in that direction instead of the other direction? If he had of, they'd have been sending missionaries here from eastern Asia instead of us sending missionaries to Asia. Did my microphone fall? Can't buy anything good anymore. What are you looking for? Now you remember here. What are you looking for? I just want to cry every time I drive that bus out there and don't have a driver. Maybe God didn't know what he's talking about when he led me to buy six buses. Or maybe possibly there's somebody not watching for something. Maybe we got somebody here more interested in what they can get out than what they can put in. Maybe we have somebody here is not looking for a place to serve, but a place to sit. 
Maybe we're looking for a place to hide and not a place to serve. Maybe we're looking for a place to be blessed instead of a place that we can be a blessing. Maybe I'm not saying we're looking for a place that we can be entertained instead of being somebody. That can, I, I, I just wonder now, in closing, what are you looking for? Why did God lead you here? Well, I, I just thought God lived. Now, now, we're doing pretty good before you got here. We got enough observers already. What are you looking for? Amen, Amen preacher. Yes. What are you looking for? Looking for a title? Well, I'm a teacher. Well, you are you visiting? Are you trying to win people to Christ? Are you praying for your class? Are you visiting your, your absentees? Uh, are you just, well, nobody else is. Hey, that don't make any difference. Nobody else is going to stand in the judgment seat of Christ for you. If you have a responsibility, you should fulfill it. Can I have an amen? amen. You know what made these guys unusual? They were watching. I think maybe they were watching the harvest and realized ready and plentiful. What would she what would should we be looking for here? Should we be looking for a place to serve or a place to make excuse? Can you can you drive by that bus as it sits in a parking lot unmoved every Sunday with a clear conscience? Realizing somebody will ride that bus if somebody takes responsibility and watch for an opportunity. Was there an empty chair in the choir this morning? If there was, you ought to fill it next Saturday, next Sunday. Well, I don't go to Sunday school. Well, that just shows you're backslidden. You need to look for a Sunday school class. What are you looking for? So right now I'm looking for 6.30 or 7.30. You know what made these guys the kind of men they were? They were looking. They were watching for a place to serve. It didn't make any difference to Bithynia. It didn't make any difference where it was. It's just that God settled on Macedonia. And at Philippi, Acts chapter 16 and Acts chapter 17, they got to spend three weeks in Philippi. And three weeks they started one of the churches of the New Testament, Philippians, looking for a place to serve. Yes, they got run out of town in Philippi. Yes, they called the riot down to synagogue. Yes, it was in the paper that there's a couple of independent Baptist preachers down here preaching that you're saved by grace and not by law. And we run them out of town, and now we've got Jason and throwed him in jail because we can't find Paul and Silas. 
But there's one thing I know about them guys. They exceedingly troubled our city, starting the church at Philippi. Philippi was one of the major cities of Macedonia. Philippi was located just in the middle of the trade routes from east and west. Philippi was a heathen city. And I think Paul knew that if he could get a church started there, the kind of church that wouldn't give in to the world, the kind of church that would be an old-fashioned church in beautiful buildings, he knew that he could turn the world upside down for Christ because the world came through there on their trade routes. They were watching for a place to serve. Could we do that? Preacher, I can't do anything. Well, you can make an excuse real well. I just can't talk, preacher. You don't have any trouble on your telephone. Why don't we just be a difference maker? Why don't we just leave a legacy? Why don't we just think big? Dream big, work big, expect big, because we serve a big God. Do you know that I've been asked not to buy any more property on the highway? Because it upsets the tax base in the city of Joshua. Because when I buy a piece of property, we always exempt it. (laughs) And we always buy expensive property on the highway that has big tax rolls. We need to think big. We need to work big. We need to pray big. Because we got a great, big, wonderful God. These guys were special because they were watching. Secondly, they were willing. The Bible said when God showed them the sign from Macedonia, watch what it says. And immediately they endeavored to go. Let me ask you something in closing. Is anybody here glad that my wife and I started a church and Joshua takes his 30 years ago. The most frightening thing I'd ever done in my life. I knew, going to shadow doubt, I'd be the biggest failure of any church that ever started anywhere. My big vision was a double-wide trailer behind the tracks where nobody could find, and I could just get a few folk come and preach, come and listen to me preach. A frightening thing. But all it took was just willing to try. Is anybody glad tonight that Paul was listening when the Macedonians said, come over and help us? Anybody proud that somebody knocked on your door with the gospel? You know how they heard the gospel? 
through the Apostle Paul's obedience and willingness to come over and help us. Are you listening to me? I read one time in the book that the Lord spoke and someone said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? You remember who that was? That was the guy who just got knocked off his donkey. That was the guy that was persecuting. Oh, oh, that's the guy who's turned the world upside down. Oh, oh, that's the guy who's exceedingly troubling every city he goes to with the gospel of Christ. Oh, oh, that's the guy who's turning the world upside right that is completely upside down. He's the guy who said, Lord, what would that have me to do? Would you ask God that question tonight? Lord, you want me to work that bus route? Not me. That takes too much time. Lord, you want me to sing in the choir? Lord, you want me to... Could I say, without the 100 volunteers yesterday, those 20 people never raised their hand that they got saved. You say, I don't agree with rodeos. Oh, shut up. You wasn't riding no bull. The only thing you're doing is shooting bull. Amen? I bet in heaven when them 20 folks have raised their hand, they accepted Christ. I'll bet you when they get to heaven, they'll be glad to see you, you cheery, cheerful booger. You cared so much for them. God bless you 100 volunteers who went down there, stood in that sun, and enjoyed the day. God bless you folks who took those cards and blitzed the area and walked up and down the street and hanging those door, on those doors, those invitations to the revival meeting. God help you guys that stayed all night last night cooking that deer and enjoying that stuff and making us think is a sacrificial work of grace because you cooked my breakfast. <laughs> God bless you guys. What a wonderful aroma it was when I walked in the building this morning. Sausage. Was there any gravy? <laughs> I'm on trouble the city next year. I thought I missed something on them biscuits this morning. God bless you guys who will come down and spend the night and prepare for us. God bless you folks who are watching. God bless you folks who are willing. Amen. Not only were they watching, they were willing, they were witnessing. The Bible talks about in verse 14 down by the riverside. The Bible talks about Paul and Silas in the jailhouse at midnight singing and praying unto God. Bible talks about a Philippian jailer that runs in for the fear of his life, scared, plumb stiff, 
clears his sword from the sheath and begins to take his own life. Didn't take that Baptist preacher by the name of Paul Long to get in charge. He stood up and said, wait a minute, fella. Don't take your life. We're all here. The fellow sprang in and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Whether it's by the riverside or in the jailhouse. It might be even the palace, Philippians chapter 1. It could be in the marketplace, Acts 16. It might be in the jailhouse. But wherever Paul and Silas went, they were watching and willing to witness. We're just extremely too quiet about the gospel. I said we're just extremely too quiet about the gospel. And in Acts chapter 3, after the Holy Spirit fell, the Bible said, and the world greatly wondered. Huh? You show me a people that is watching for a place to serve the Lord, willing to say, here am I, send me. Willing, bless your heart, to witness to that hellbound sinner. And I'll show you a people that the world's wondering what in the world's going on down there. And all of God's people said, a dent? No, thank you. A disturbance? I'll have some, please. Amen.